Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Doing good? good? All right, man. So good to see you guys. By the way, my name's Robert. I get the privilege of being the pastor here, and we're really excited about what the Lord's doing, and glad to have you be a part of our time together today, and hope and encourage you to, uh, if you're looking for a place, man, this is a great place to get connected, great place to be a part of. Uh, we had such a good time in the first service this morning, and I know that you guys, uh, uh, man, it's already been good just singing and fellowshipping and and just getting to say hi and hear about everybody's dishes that they had over the weekend and all that kind of stuff. And so I hope and pray that you had a great time Thanksgiving. I hope and pray that uh, you just uh, took some time to reflect as we talked about last week of how much we have to be grateful for and uh, gratitude is a choice. And, and not only just about the things that God has given us and blessed us with, but more importantly than that, God's presence is with us every step of the way. And so much to be grateful, so much to be thankful for. But uh, I noticed a lot of you guys were wearing stretchy pants when you came in the door today, all right? And so I have extra flex jeans on as well, all right? So I'm with you this morning, and uh, like I said, I I've always enjoy our time together. Uh, if you're looking to get connected, like I said, this is a great place to get connected. We'd love to help you do that. Uh, Stepping Stones is the way to do that. Class is coming up in January. If you'd like to get connected before that, Talk to me. I have some resources, but that's where you find out where we talk about how you can know Jesus, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can ultimately make a difference. And uh, it helps you get connected, be a part, how you can use your gifts uh, to be a part of this church and this community. And uh, man, we would love to help you uh, do that today. Hey, listen, I've got a couple of things I want to share with you, okay, before we get started that I need to make sure that we're all well aware of. All right. So if you're listening, say, I am. All right, look at your neighbor, okay? This is the only time I'm going to make you talk to your neighbor today, okay? All right, look at your neighbor and say, hey, you need to listen up. And then look at the one you ignored, the other one, okay? Just one, one time each and just say, hey, listen, you need to write this down, okay? Make sure you put this on your date, all right? Uh, so, hey, listen, here's a couple of things that you guys need to know about. First and foremost, uh, our Christmas parade opportunity is coming up uh, December the 9th, and that's always a special time to where that we have uh, uh, um, an opportunity as a church to be invested in our community. We say we want to continue to add value to what's going on already within our community. And so there's a lot of people there at the Christmas parade. We've served there several years. I shared with you a story how actually last year somebody came to faith in Christ through that. And so it's a great, great time. We don't want to minimize that. And it's not about making a milestone known. It's about making Jesus known. And so we just love on people and we just give away hot chocolate and uh, cookies and put them in a wagon, take it up and down, all that kind of stuff. We need about 10 people to help with that, 10 more people to sign up. Uh, go to Church Center. That's where you find all the registrations, all the events, all the things that are happening and taking place uh, to where that you can get plugged in to be a part of that. And then if you have any kids, 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 I don't even know what that word is. Kids, I was uh, combining that with ages, right? Kids. And so ages six and up, all right? You invent a new word. You got, you guys can, I figure we're from the South. We can use that in some sentence. All right. So like we can figure it out. Uh, but I'll, um, you'll just have to bear with me. You just go ahead and say, bless him, Lord. Okay. Uh, my tongue's getting tied a little bit today, but, um, need about 10 people, uh, six and up or 10 kids, six and up to, to ride on the float as well. So if you'd like to do that, you can sign up. And then you guys were so generous last week. We had 80 kids on the angel tree. I believe, uh, has everyone been taken on that, or there's still, there's two left, and I do know one from one, the first service who wanted one, a couple from the first service, so there's one left, 
If you would like to help out in that, you don't have to buy everything on the list. Uh, you can take the gifts uh, over to the conference room, which is just to the left where the coffee served, um, and bring those by the 10th of December, and we really appreciate that. Uh, last week was also our big gift offering, and we took a little over $30,000 last weekend, just last weekend alone. And so I just think that's awesome. All that will go towards of finishing the, the new facility that we're, we're currently um, constructing. And so, man, uh, God's just doing a great work. The first service was absolutely packed this morning. There wasn't even hardly a seat in this place. And so just grateful, thankful for what uh, the Lord's doing. If you got your Bibles this morning, let's turn to the book of Luke. And we're going to be in chapter 4. And uh, we're going to look at some scripture this morning in, in Luke chapter 4. We'll also be in Luke chapter 5 as well. And uh, so uh, we're going to continue our thought and just line of thinking that we have over the last uh, several weeks. We've been talking about first things first and been talking about how our life is like a clear bucket, right? We're going to fill it with a lot of different things. And if we're not careful, we'll allow a lot of the trivial things in life to take over our life. So it's important that we put the big rocks in first. It's important that we make sure that number one, first and foremost, that God is first in all things, that he is the priority of our life, right? Remember the scripture we used? The scripture said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength of always putting him first, looking to him to be the author and the finisher of your faith. And so making him the center of your life. And as you do that, there's going to be some things that overflow in your life. And so we talked about generosity. We talked about giving, right? That's going to be something that naturally transpires and takes place. We can give of our time. We can give of our talents. We give of our resources. There's a lot of ways to give. But the heart of Christianity, right, is giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so we talked about how, like, you can give begrudgingly. You can give not willingly. But listen, we want to honor the Lord with our life. We want to do it in, as cheerfully. We want to do it gladly because God has given so much to us. And so we talked about there are times that you can give without loving. But if you're filled with God's love, you can't love without giving. It is just something that's going to naturally occur and transpire and take place. And then last week, we talked about the tale of two tables. You remember that? Like the kitty table, the adult table. And we were just talking about how like that, the kitty table was where we learned about God's provision. As we're talking about gratitude, that's something that should naturally overflow from our life. That the kitty table, we learn to be thankful for our food. We learn to be thankful for, you know, our shoes on our feet, our home that we live in, and all the things that God is blessed with, about God's provision. But like, you know, when you get to the adult table, you sit there with a lot of things in your life, the insecurities of this life, your faults, your fears, your failures, uh, being overwhelmed, feeling like that you fall short and you don't measure up. And sometimes you feel all alone at the adult table. But it's a great reminder that we have something to be grateful for is because it's a reminder that God is present with us. Because as you go through life, you will go through stuff, but the constant in your life is always Jesus. And that's why David could say in the 23rd Psalm is that even though that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why did he say that? Because you are with me and I'm grateful and I'm thankful for God's presence and we experience God's presence in our time of need. And so no matter the circumstance, we can always be faithful. Well, today we're going to talk about something that I believe is very, very difficult. I believe it's one of the difficult practices as a follower of Jesus that we need to have 
in our life, that we need to exist in our life. It's one of the things that, even though a lot of people think that, you know, it's just naturally uh, something that transpires in my own personal life as a pastor, like I have to work really, really, really hard at this. And sometimes I fail at this. And sometimes uh, I fall short of this. And I believe truly that it's one of the most necessary, but it's one of the most difficult things in our life that we need to see transpire and take place. And so uh, before we dive into that, though, I want to ask you a question. Do you guys remember what it was like to be bored? Do you remember boredom? Do you remember like, you know, when like I, I know for in today's culture, in today's age, we have so many things at our fingertips. We have so many things that are abiding for our time and our attention and and pulling us in a lot of different directions. But I, I can remember seasons and I can remember moments. I can remember times where true boredom existed, like there wasn't nothing to do. Like, you know, when you do you remember like before technology uh, came into the car and when you went on a trip, like you actually had to talk to each other or look out the window and check out the scene. Do you remember that? Now, listen, I was grateful that it was introduced when my kids were coming on the scene, and I was very grateful for that DVD player, you know, the one that flipped down and all that kind of stuff and everything, and it was next level. Like, you know, if you've ever rode in anywhere, dis anywhere amount of distance in any amount of a time uh, with kids in the car fussing and fighting and, and going on and everything, like, you're grateful for that DVD. Can I get an Amen. And so, like, I, I can appreciate it, but at the same time, like, I remember me taking trips, and I remember looking out the window, and I remember us talking, and I remember us doing things like, you know, we would look at different license plate, try to see if we could find all 50 states, or maybe you play I Spy, all those kind of stuff. And, or sometimes you would just straight up look out the window and think. It's boredom. Or, like, you know, as any time if you travel, fly, can you imagine before iPads, any cell phones, any things of that nature? And like if you're going to take a trip and you're going to have a flight, like you'd probably grab you a few books and, you know, and you would read and, you know, maybe you would contemplate and maybe you'd sit there and you would think a little bit and, you know, just uh, allow things to go through your mind. Or I can remember, you know, actually like sitting with a group of friends and we would be talking and, and we would be having a conversation and, and, and it's like, you know, remember like you, when you didn't know stuff, like you just didn't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so you could be sitting around with your friends, you could be talking, and maybe you're talking about music or something like that. And, and then all of a sudden in this conversation, somebody says, well, hey, like, uh, I wonder where Prince is from. And you're like, I don't know. And you know what? The group just didn't know. Couldn't Google, couldn't check it out. Like, but maybe a couple of weeks later, you're walking down the road and, and you see somebody wearing a, a Prince t-shirt and you run up to them and, you know, maybe this guy or gal's wearing it and you say, Hey, listen, do you know where Prince is from? And they tell you from Minneapolis and you're like, next thing you know, you met your wife in that moment, right? Like it's, you know, we don't, we, we don't have any moments or any time today to create space in our life to connect with people. And more importantly, I would say this, is that a lot of things that take up of our time and take up of our attention and all these things that, that we fill our life with, we miss out on the potential for open doors to be aware of what God is doing around us and what God wants to do in us and what God wants to do through us because we're so connected to everything else that's going on that we don't hear, that we don't spend time with, and in the process of not spending time with, right, we don't get the intimacy that we need with God and desire to have in our life. 
Matter of fact, I was looking at a survey the other day, and it was conducted by Microsoft, found that 80% answered yes to this question when they were asked, when nothing is occupying your time, the first thing I reach for is what? Phone. I'm not the only one that falls in that category because I struggle with this too. Now, why is this a big deal? Because again, you may be sitting here thinking to listen to this old guy up here. He's talking about what it was like to live in the 80s. And I bet his mom and dad walked to school in the snow uphill and downhill both ways. And, and if that's what you're thinking, you're missing the whole point of what I'm saying this morning. Has nothing to do with technology. There's a lot of things that are great about technology. There's a lot of things that, that are a gift because of technology. But we have to acknowledge of how it affects us in our everyday life and how it pulls us away from the things to where that we need to be present. And it pulls us from opportunities and moments and times and the potential for things to transpire of God's presence in our life. It's not just our ability to, to, to connect with people, but it's our ability to truly be present in the moment, to be in tune to what's happening, not only with somebody else, but ultimately what the Lord wants to speak into our life. And I believe that one of the greatest threats that keeps us from walking with Jesus is distracted and cluttered lives. I believe that with all my heart. And so if that's one of the biggest hurdles did Jesus practice anything? Did he model something to where that we could become more present, that we could be more aware of what the Father wants to do in our heart and our life? And, and listen, the answer is yes, but I want you to know this about that. It's going to go against the grain of your life. It's going to get, going to go against every fiber that you have within your being. It's going to go totally against our culture and way of life today. But if we're going to put him first in our life, I want you to know this is necessary. This is important. This is essential. Not because God wants to take something from us, not because God wants to keep something from us, but God wants something for us. He wants something greater for us. Well, what does he want for us? Well, that question or the answer to that question is intimacy. God wants you to know him. But here's what you need to know about intimacy. And you can write this down. Intimacy requires intentionality. Now, we get this on a human level. If you let me say I am. We get this on a human level. Nobody enjoys a great marriage by accident. It's not by accident. You have to be intentional about your marriage. We don't do this with other relationships. If you're going to have deep friendships, right? If you're really going to have deep friendships in life, you have to be intentional about those friendships. You don't just, they don't just happen. They don't just take place. You have to be intentional about that. And so we understand this at a human level, but oftentimes we look at our relationship with Jesus in a different light, in a different manner. And we don't treat it that way to whether we're intentional about it. That somehow I can just coast on auto, autopilot, that I can just kind of go through life, that I can just kind of, you know, do my thing, be about me and be spirit filled with Jesus. And here's the truth of that matter. It doesn't work that way. So if it's this is, if this is important to have this structure, this practice in your life, not to earn God's favor, not to earn God's favor or affection, because the good news is, is that those things are a gift of God's grace. But by making this first things first in our life, it enables us to live in and to live out the love of God that He freely gives to us. And so what are those th two things? You can write these down. Here they are. Silence and solitude. Now, if I really wanted to make you feel weird this morning, if you haven't already felt weird already, 
is I could just sit up here and we could look at each other for like minutes and it would get uber awkward really, really quick. Like how many of you hate silence? Like if you're honest, like we just, we, we hate to be in silence and we always have this need to be connected to something. But if we're going to grow in our walk with Jesus, if we're going to be filled with his power and filled with his presence and and we're going to truly know him, then we have to spend time with him. And the way that we do that is in silence and solitude. Now, we do that as well corporately when we come together and we sing and we celebrate. That's a part of it. But there needs to be seasons in your life to where that you're silent and you're solitude. And so when we look at Jesus's ministry, right, we see that he practiced this, that he modeled this, that he was very intentional about this in his life. Now, I want you to look here with me in verses 1 and 2 of the chapter um, 4 of Luke um, this morning. And we're going to see where Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. When you read chapter 3, he just came on the scene. He's been baptized by John the Baptist. God the Father said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And then it ends with like the genealogy of Jesus and so on and so forth. And then here he is. He's launching his ministry. Now, when you think about this, like when you think about to kick off a ministry. Like I'm thinking about this, like when we began and planted a church, like we were thinking about like, what do we need to do? How do we need to go about it? And like generally a lot of times those things start with like a, a block party or something of that nature or something of that magnitude. And, and, you know, people say like, you know, hey, we need to do something to where that we can be involved in the community and where people can be present and where we can be seen, where we can be heard. And, and so, we, 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 you know, wanted to launch something and we wanted to do something in that nature. And, and so, you know, you, you could imagine Jesus and the disciples like talking, you know, what are we going to do and all this kind of stuff. And we need to be big and we need to make sure it's big. And, you know, people say, Hey, I know what we need to do a block party. And you can kind of imagine it's like, Hey, we probably should start off with a healing because that word would really, you know, take place, you know, and people really would catch on and would draw people in. So you can imagine here their kids are, they're jumping on the bounce house and a kid breaks his arm. Jesus heals it. World, you know, hears about it. People flock in. But like none of that transpired. None of that took place. I mean, Jesus is being obedient to his father. He's doing what the father had instructed him to do. God said, listen, my hand is on you, son. I'm well pleased. You have a mission to do. I want you to fulfill that mission. I want you to be in communion with me. And then at that moment when he's beginning to launch his ministry, right, he doesn't do any of the things that what people would do today. What does Jesus do? It says this in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Then Jesus, right, and here's the next part that I think is very, very important. It says, full of the what? full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. And then he was what? He was led by the Spirit in where? In the wilderness, right? He got away from each and every one. And during the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing at all, and he became very hungry. Now think about that. Jesus doesn't rush into anything. He doesn't say, hey, listen, we got all these things to do. What does he do? He's filled with the Spirit of God, and then he's led by the Spirit of God. He's obedient to the Spirit of God, and he goes to the wilderness to get alone with God. And he spends 40 days there. And even while he's spending time with God, he's tempted, he's tried, 
And listen, the reason that he was able to overcome, and I get it, a lot of people say, well, he was God. Surely he could overcome temptation. You need to understand something, that yes, Jesus was God. He was fully God, but yet he was 100% man. He was fully God, yet he was fully man. The, uh, in the theological world, we call that the hypostatic union, right? And so Jesus was fully God, but yet he was fully man. And the reason that he was able to overcome that was because he was being filled by the power and the presence of God. I guarantee you that when he was tempted and when he was tried and he hadn't ate in a long time and the enemy says, hey, listen, you eat this, you take of that. I'll quench it right now. He didn't yield to the flesh. And the reason that he was able to overcome that was because he was being intentional about being alone with the father. Something else that I find fascinating about that is that he was led in the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And I think it's important to know that sometimes our wilderness seasons are specific seasons that God puts in our path that's led us into that season so that we can be molded and shaped into his image and that we can continue to grow. Because in the middle of the wilderness, that's where roots grow down deep. And as he spends time there, he's in silence and solitude. And I don't see this as a weakness or a liability, but I see it as a source of strength. Now, as he's led to the wilderness, he spends time there. And the reason that he was able to overcome the things that he was faced with was because he was intentional about being alone with the Father. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment. Think about, again, we said that he was fully God, yet he was fully man. If the Son of God... If the Son of God, who was sinless, who was spotless, without blemish, needed to make sure that he was intentional to get alone with the Father, right? He even said things all throughout his ministry. I only do what the Father tells me to do. How did he know what to, again, spend the time. If he found it necessary to pull away, how much more do we need to do that? How much more do you and I need to make that a practice in our heart and in our life? Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of us are running on empty. We're trying to go about this walk with Jesus in our own strength, in our own mind. We may know some verses. We can sing some songs. We know when to stand up. We know when to sit down. We know where to park. We know what to do, when to do it, all the things. We can speak Christianese. We can do all that. But listen, if we're truly honest, some of us are running on empty. Because you go through the motions and you go and you go and you go and you do and you do and you do. And then you find yourself where you hit a point to where that you don't. You can't go anymore. You're on empty. And listen, here's the deal. I want to read this other part right here. Let's go to chapter 5. If you guys are still with me, say I am. Chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16. See another instance where Jesus makes this a practice. But despite instructions, the report of his power spread even faster So Jesus had just healed somebody and he told them, he said, hey, listen, I don't want you to tell anybody, but they went ahead and told people and word began to spread and even faster and vast crowds, numerous people came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But listen to what Jesus often withdrew to where the wilderness for what? For prayer. Think about that. Now here's the deal. Here's one of the things that you'll know and you'll learn in life. And I wanted to 
tell you this in case you haven't learned this, okay? Right? We're called to minister to people, but also people will drain you. Can I get an amen? amen? No, you can look at your spouse. You never drain me. So it's like, you, nobody said anything. Man, I'm concerned. Maybe we need to start a marriage series next week, all right? But listen, we, we, we experience this in life. Sometimes people can drain you, right? Just the circumstances of life. You have a lot of stuff. And listen, some of us, right, we, we have like a God complex. My dad freed me up in ministry a long time ago because as a pastor, I feel this way. I love people. I am for people. And I want to help people. And I want to be there when I can be there. But I also know like, it gets to a point like if I'm not spending time with the Father and I'm allowing my heart to be filled up with all this other stuff and I'm constantly running and I'm constantly going and then when something else bumps me, it's like I don't have anything to give. You know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one here this morning? But here's the deal. Like, we need to make sure that we're intentional and we're spending time with people. But my dad told me this, get back to that. He reminded me, he said, listen, you need to understand something. You're not people's God. And that was freeing in a lot of ways. That I'm not people's God. I can't fix somebody. I can't make it all better. I can be there. I can support and I can encourage. But if I'm honest, a lot of times, like I had this fixer mentality that I'm supposed to fix whatever is broken. And listen, only God can fix what's broken. And if you look at yourself as a fixer and you're constantly trying to fix other people and you're trying to take care of everybody else's stuff, and it's a great and noble thing, but you need to be reminded is that you're not God. The greatest thing that we can do is entrust our friends, entrust our family, be there, be good friends, be listeners, help whenever that we can. But listen, understand, we can't fix it, but the greatest thing that we can do is be like Moses' mother, is just put them in the basket and trust them with the Lord. And say, God, it's in your hands. You change them. You move in their heart and their life. And listen, we try to do a lot of different things, and we try to do it in our own strength. We try to do it in our own power and our own mind. And the problem is, is that when you keep doing that in your own strength, in your own mind, you're going to hit a wall, and you're going to find yourself empty, and you want to check out. It happens all the time. It happens to pastors in ministry. It happens to everyday people. Nobody is immune to that. And I find when I begin to be irritable and I begin to be short, I begin to be agitated. It's generally because I get really, really busy and I haven't taken time to allow God to fill my heart, to fill my spirit, to spend time with him. Because the only thing that I have to give, that I have to offer, comes from him. And if he's not filling my heart, let me, let me give you an example. You guys still with me? So right here, it's already wet. So my sponge was dry starting out. But like a sponge generally, like this represents your life. And what we do a lot of times is, is again, we run, we run, we run, we go, we go, we go, and then ultimately, like, when the, when the, when you get the sponge out of the, the bag or whatever, it's dry, right? You could squeeze it, like, nothing comes out. But I want you to look at this as your life. Now, the scripture says that Jesus is the living water, right? That he's the well that we need to drink from. 
And I want you to look at your life as this is what we need to do daily. Sometimes we need to do this moment by moment. Sometimes you can do this throughout the day, even where you work, where you live, where you play, wherever you are, is take a moment and allow yourself to be submerged in God's presence. Maybe it's through prayer. Like sometimes I have to just take a deep breath one meeting to the next meeting before something else. And maybe sometimes I take a breath and I just remind myself like, the Lord is my shepherd. And I read that scripture to myself. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And I just think, Lord, I love you. Lord, I want to hear from you. Lord, I need you. I need you to move in my heart and my life. And as God feels me, right, then I go through life and then God wants to wring that out. But you know what? There comes a point in time to where what happens? Gets empty again. And so it's not like a one-time thing. I did that, went on, got that. Like, this is a continual thing. And as you submerge yourself in God's presence, and as you spend time, and as you're intentional about that, right, we, we, we get to know God on a intimate level when we read God's word and we allow it to saturate our heart and our mind or you know sometimes we can even just you know you remember like in days to where that you know you drove in the car and just actually didn't listen to anything is just in silence right even in moments like that you can drive and be in the presence of God speak to me today Lord help me to be aware of what you're doing today Lord just help me to be purposeful today and as you do that right God again wants to continue to ring out his power, his blessings in your life. And it affects other people along the way. But we have to have this continual pouring, this continual feeling to where that we're spending time with the Father. But in today's world, if we're not careful, we have so many distractions. We have so many things that deter us from doing that. We have so many things that can ensnare us and, and that we can encounter along the way that we miss out on those moments time and time and time again. And one of the things that I want us to see and one of the things that I want us to understand is that God wants to spend time with us. So how do we begin to do this? How do we begin to live this out? Well, first and foremost, right, we're going to have to say no to some things. We're going to have to be very, very intentional and we're going to have to, to, to make sure that we do some things that are necessary. One of the things that I did over this Thanksgiving holiday and as I was preparing for this, this was something that I was convicted about because I don't know how your Thanksgiving is, but a lot of times even family gatherings, things of that nature, we even though that everybody's there, everybody's generally like this. And we're all sitting together. And then sometimes it's like, I'm going to text you, but I'm not going to actually talk to you right now. Can you believe Dad's wearing that sweater? We're there, but we're not there. We're hardly ever present. We're always connected. And our lives are so cluttered. So we're going to have to say no to some things. It's kind of like, you know, we, we do these things like... You know, um, we, we got the TV turned on. It's like white noise in, in the background, you know, in, of our lives, just constantly, you know, going on. You can go ahead and put that on the screen um, to where that is just like that constant noise. Now, how many of you love that sound? Right? Some of you are like, man, I'm ready to get out of here right now. It's so awkward. It's so, and I love it, right? It's just great. But like we've also, you know, we've got all this noise in the background going on in our life and like, hey, I got to get my hobbies in, whatever they are. And, you know, I've got to get the grass cut, 
you know, I got to do those things. And, you know, you know, I've got my occupation. I got to make sure that I'm ready for work and doing what I need to do. And so, you know, I've got that here as well. And, uh, you know, maybe we just need to clean house. You know, there's always cleaning to do. Like, no matter even when you just clean, you got to clean it over again. And, you know, so here it is. I got to do that. And, you know, uh, we've got 15 basketball practices in two days this week. And so, like, we got to do that. And that's legit. That's been legit at my house sometimes. Um, the way that that's been true and like you know we got football and we do that and we got all these things going on and they're good things they're not bad things but it's just more maybe I got some training I need to do or you know my daughter's got dance and we got to do that and and you know good things not bad things great things but we're just constantly going and going and you know grocery shopping I don't know about you but I hate grocery shopping right anybody else hate grocery shopping I'm grateful for click list I praise the Lord for that this week that I could just go pick my groceries up you got to find a time maybe even to pay your bills and so on and so forth and you know again we just you know keep rolling stuff out here we got to pick up the kids sometimes we got to be three places at one time you know and pick up kids and so that's hard and difficult to do and and then like you know if you're going to be a great you know person you got to volunteer in some capacity you got to do that as well and you know we got a blank campus and I'm sure we'll fill that with something as well and we just go on and on and on and on we got all this noise in the background and here's what I want you to see I believe this with all my heart is that this is exactly what God sees in our heart and in our lives when he looks at us it's just cluttered. There's so much noise. There's so much going on. And we wonder why we don't feel his presence. And we wonder why he doesn't speak. You can turn it off. It's getting on my nerves too. So, But listen. What if? What if? I'm not talking, I'm not telling you to to be in the closet for three hours at a time. But what if you took five minutes? What if, instead of turning on the radio and listening to whoever that you listen to, whether it be sports talk, like in my cases a lot of times, or podcasts, what if you just turned everything off and you just drove in the quiet? Say, Lord, this morning, you and I, what do you want to do in my heart today? What do you need to do in my life today? Lord, where am I at? God, what, what do you want to remove? What do you want to, to bring in? What if we begin to do that? What if you put on your calendar, like I know some of you have meetings, like my wife, she has a busy job, a busy schedule, and she has some days she shows me her calendar and it's like, Time she gets at work at 8 o'clock, it's meeting, 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 all the way to 5 o'clock, and then she still has to do her job. Like, that'll drain you really, really quick. But what if you created some margin? Maybe I'm going to create space. I'm going to put 5, 10 minutes in between that, and I'm just going to go find me a place at work, and I'm just going to take a deep breath. Or maybe it's two minutes. Lord, help me to be what I need to be. Help me, maybe you need to pray and say, Lord, help me to hold my tongue in this meeting today, right? Help me to do the right thing. Help me to be the person that I need to be. May you be lifted up. Maybe you get what I'm saying is, is that we go through life and we just do, 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 do. And we don't ever, we don't ever take time to be, to allow the presence of Jesus to fill our hearts and in our lives. So here's what we do. Here's what we need to do. Make a plan. 
Make a plan. When am I going to do this? Be intentional about it. It's not going to happen if you're not intentional. Something always comes up every single time. Something always comes up. Be intentional about it. Stick to the plan. Make sure that you put a date and time to that. And then seek the Father. And then open your eyes and be aware of what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. But make sure that you find time to be with him. Because here's what I know about our Heavenly Father. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, he gave everything that he had. He gave us his son so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free, so that we could be part of his family. And that's how much he loves us. And God wants to do so much in our lives today. But let's take pause. And let's go back. And let's be present in the moments. Not just with people. But be present in the middle of the moment to what God may want to do in your heart and in your life. That miracle I talked about in chapter 5, here's something else about that. Do you know that wasn't part of Jesus' plan that day? It was an interruption. But do you know what he was? He was aware of what the Father was doing, and he was willing to be interrupted. Some of us, you've planned the next decade out. You've got every date, every time. And listen, if you're honest, and that's a good thing. Listen, some, that's, I'm not bashing on that. Like, I wish I was more like that. But if we're not careful, we get so caught up into what we're doing that we're uninterruptible. And some of the best things transpire and take place. Some of the biggest God moments take place when we're willing to be interrupted and say, yes, Lord, I can be present in this moment.